You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. And we are live with the Standing Room Spartans podcast. Your host, Kevin Parker, your co-host, Scott Martin, here on a Friday morning to get you the picks of the weekend. This is an incredibly difficult slate, which we'll go over in a minute. Last week's slate, not so difficult, which we'll also go over in a minute. Scott, it's Friday morning, approximately 7.19 Eastern Standard Time as we're recording this. Uh, my internet has cut out already in our Zoom meeting. Just in case something comes up, I uh, wanted to give you guys a warning. Uh, but again, Friday morning, uh, how are we doing today? Well, we're doing good. We got another great slate this weekend. I was telling you, I'm a little bummed that we have such a good early slate this weekend because I'm going to be in Piscataway for the MSU game, which don't get me wrong. I'm elated about, but, uh, but there's a lot of good football this weekend and, uh, and I'm not going to get to see all of it. So we're going to get our picks in here. Obviously I'll catch myself up uh, throughout the day tomorrow. Um, but uh, yeah, so Kevin, you had one of the worst weeks we've ever seen in standing room picks history last the week before last oh and four uh it was a small slate oh and four i went one and three i think the fans went one and three we all had a bounce back but you had a six and oh weekend to take the top spot on our standings you're at 22 points now again msu games are worth two points uh the fans and i are sitting right behind you at 21 so uh how are we feeling yeah went full zero to hero uh, which, which I always love. No, every, every week's a new week. You know, I'm, I'm playing this thing like Bill Belichick. Like I said, uh, previously we're on to Cincinnati. We're on to next week and, uh, we're on to a new slate here this week. So whatever happened last week is in the past. We're moving forward. Uh, this is a new week and, and I'm ready to get to it. I, like I said, this, this week, there's a lot of stinky lines out there. There's a lot that I really don't love. I don't have very many bets locked in this weekend. Uh, the one bet that I do have that we will absolutely not be talking about today, but just so the people know, there is a college football game this weekend that if you want to be a part of it, might be the worst college football game of all time, uh, matching up winless UConn against winless UMass. It's going to be terrible. I bet the over uh, just because that's that's a once in a lifetime opportunity. 
over 57 in, in UConn UMass, but a terrible football game. We will not be discussing it any further. Uh, got a good slate though. Like you said, uh, not necessarily a great betting slate, but a great college football watching slate for sure. If you are going to get in on the betting this weekend, Kevin, I think we can help fans out a little bit. Well, you got to go to DraftKings is the official sports betting partner of the NFL. And they have all kinds of new promos and offers all the time. But this week we have a special one for you. All you got to do go to DraftKings, download the app. You bet $1 on any NFL game must be an NFL game and win a hundred dollars in free bets. Uh, I'm not a math guy, but that's pretty good odds. Betting $1, getting a hundred dollars in free bets. If either team scores a point, seems like pretty good odds to me. Um, sports. If the sports book isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings will not leave you empty handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings daily fantasy sports contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN for the Pigskin Podcast Network, of which we are a proud member. Throw down $1 bet on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code TPPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only new customers only minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required one per customer restrictions apply. See draftkings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Scott, we got a hell of a slate to get to. Let's roll. So we're going to dive in week six. I can't believe we're almost halfway through this season, Um, but here we are week six of the college football uh, campaign here. And we're going to start off with, uh, with a bang um, and maybe more uh, balanced in this rivalry than it's been for a long time. We're going down to the cotton bowl in Dallas. The, what do they call this one? Red river, the red river. It used to be the red river shootout which is a far better name than the Red River rivalry because the Red River shootout got canceled. So, uh, well, okay. Red River rivalry down in the cotton bowl, which I love. They split the cotton bowl straight down the middle. It's a classic bowl stadium. Uh, you got the, the deep red of Oklahoma on one side, that terrible orange of Texas on the other side. Um, Oklahoma's coming in at number six, but certainly has not looked like the typical top 10 Oklahoma we're used to this year. Texas sitting at 21 with one loss. They've got a running game, and you always have a chance when you have a running game. So the line here is um, Oklahoma by three. So Oklahoma minus three. Technically, they're the visitors, but again, it's a neutral site, so that doesn't matter. It's at noon. Uh, It's on ABC for those who are trying to avoid our game for whatever reason. Kevin, who do you got in this one? It it boils down to three simple things for me. Uh, Number one, it's a rivalry game. And I always prefer an underdog in a rivalry game. Number two, the best player on the field is Texas running back B. John Robinson. 
who Michigan State fans probably know by now because he has been compared to uh, Kenneth Walker as, you know, 1A, 1B, 1 and 2, whatever you want to call him as probably the best running backs in the country right now. And number three, I don't think Oklahoma quarterback Spencer Rattler is very good. So with those three factors, I'm taking the underdog who has the best player on the field. I'm taking Texas to at least cover that three points, if not win the game outright. Uh, I I think Bijan's the best player on the field. I think Spencer Rattler's not very good. And uh, I I do like what Steve Sarkeesian is doing on this offense. I won't get into too many X's and O's stuff, but this Texas offense is pretty fun to watch. They switched quarterbacks recently to Casey Thompson, who's, who's looked pretty good. Give me Texas. Texas, are they back? No, but we'll they're going to at least cover this game, if not win. There's a part of me that wishes Bijan Robinson went to like LSU so he could call him Dijon Bijan, but here we are. Can't do it. He's in, <laughs> he's in Texas. Um, is there a part of you ever since um, whatever that TV show was on Netflix, QB1, that's just been rooting against Spencer Rattler? Oh, 100%. He has the most punchable face in college football. And I hate to say that because he was a kid in that, and he seems to have grown up a bit um, since he was in that show. But I just can't get over it, man. Every time I see him playing, he plays, you know, throws a pick or something. There's a part of me that just just warms up to that. And, um, maybe that's why I'm making this pick the way I am. I don't typically like Texas very much. I usually lean towards Oklahoma in this rivalry. Um, but – for the same reasons you said that Texas has a great running game, Oklahoma seems down. I think Texas had an early loss, which obviously is playing into the line here. But I think over the last couple of weeks, Texas has looked like the better team. You mentioned it's a rivalry game. Texas always brings their best. Um, usually Oklahoma is just a lot better, more talented over the last few years. But this year, I think they get it done. I think it's more of a pick em if we just take the kind of the talent and the way that these teams have been playing this year. Um, so Texas plus three, I like, I think it'll be a great game. Um, so both of us taking Texas, we will see, might regret that. Um, but at least we're in it together. Uh, a couple more noon games here. So before we get to Michigan state, we've going to go down to an sec matchup here. A couple of teams trying to bounce back. I think they both played either Alabama or Georgia last week, which is just never fun for anyone this season. Uh, number 13, Arkansas, travels to number 17, Ole Miss. Um, again, it's at noon. This one is on, bear with me. Uh, I can't find it fast enough. So you can find the, t- the broadcast on your own. But um, currently the line is it's on Ole ESPN. Miss. There we go. ESPN, Ole Miss by five and a half. So maybe that's just because they're at home. They got a high-powered offense. Arkansas is coming off a drubbing. Um, but Arkansas is the higher-ranked team. So, Kevin, Ole Miss minus five and a half. Yeah, like you said, uh, Arkansas and Ole Miss, they're both coming off games, one against Alabama, one against Georgia. They combined to lose those games 79-21. to 21. It was ugly in both spots. I it, it I think these teams are very similar. Um, and and it, it comes down to a couple things here. I think Arkansas has the better defense. And I, I just, I like this Arkansas coach, Sam Pittman. I like what he's got going on. Former offensive line coach. 
He's got that mentality and it seems like he's really got that type of uh, motivational juice to get these guys back after a tough loss. I Lane Kiffin, you know, it's, it's that guy that everybody loves, but you know, after being just thrown down on the map by Alabama, is he the type of guy that can rally the troops to get back up for, for a tough uh, conference game, a, a ranked opponent, I'm not really sold on it. So I'll take the points here with Arkansas. I'm getting what five and a half. I, I feel pretty good about that. I, I just, I think the teams are pretty similar. So if you're giving me five and a half points, I'll take them. Yeah, I, I'm a big Sam Pittman guy. I've said it before the last couple of weeks, we got burned last week, but, um, but that was kind of to be expected. Um, you got and I think, I got burned for whatever reason. I think uh, being on the road almost helps in a bounce back like this, right? It helps you refocus. It gets you away from kind of the distractions of a big home game. Um, and, and I think, I think Arkansas gets it done with the points here. I don't know who wins this one. I think it'll be within a field goal, um, but you got that Ole Miss high powered offense. Anything can happen. The over under 66 and a half. So it should be an exciting game one way or another, but uh, give me Arkansas to bounce back here, probably bounce back into the top 10 if they get that done. Um, all right. So we agree. We're going to skip over MSU because we always like to do them last. It is a noon game. Uh, so we're headed to the three thirty slot here. Another great SEC matchup. Maybe not as close as the last one. We've got number two, Georgia Bulldogs traveling down to Alabama to take on number 18 Auburn kind of a sleeper in the SEC this year it's just kind of they lost that early one against Penn State they're just kind of plugging away stacking up wins they're at four and one now but Georgia seems to be on a, a war path here uh, Sherman's march to the sea if you will which I think went through Georgia um, Auburn plus 15 and a half at home um, you never like to be pl- more than two touchdowns underdog in your own building, maybe adds an extra flair of motivation. So Kevin, you taking uh, Auburn with 15 and a half points, or are you taking the Bulldogs to keep running it? I do want to mention it is, it is funny to me that for as much as we got all off season about how, well, the Big Ten is just Ohio State and then everybody else, and that makes big the Big Ten a bad conference. Well, you have Georgia going to a ranked opponent in the conference and getting favored by 15 and a half points on the road. Um, yeah, I would, I would say the SEC, well, no, they don't have a Georgia and Alabama problem. It's just they're, they're just elite teams. But um, beyond that, Georgia, until somebody actually scores on them, I'm not going to bet against it happening. Clemson, three points. UAB, seven points. South Carolina, 13 points. Seven of them were late garbage time. And then the last two weeks were both shutouts for the Georgia defense. This is one of the most unbelievably talented defenses I've ever seen. Uh, And I've watched uh, them live uh, two games now against Arkansas and Clemson. Until somebody scores on them, I don't think it's going to happen so covering 15 and a half points really only requires Georgia to score like 21 Uh, give me the dogs yeah I mean on the other side of this one you look at Auburn you're like okay we know Georgia's defense maybe if Auburn has 
an elite offense or close to it, you know, they can put up some points. I mean, they, they dropped a couple of teams early, but they were not noteworthy opponents. You look at the only two opponents that really are worth noting at Penn state, they put up 20 points and at LSU, they put up 24 points and neither Penn state nor LSU have anything close to that Georgia defense. The Penn state has um, so, a great yeah, defense, I'm, but man, this Georgia team is something else. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not no disrespect to Penn state and, and we'll see what they do at Kinnick stadium. We'll get to that game next, but, uh, but this Georgia defense looks like one of the better defenses we've seen in the college football playoff era. Um, we'll see if it keeps up. Uh, obviously this week will be a decent test, but I'm in the same boat as you. Unfortunately, we're starting off with three of the same picks here, but that's the way it goes sometimes. Give me the Bulldogs to keep rolling down their warpath for another week. So that brings us to the Big Ten's game of the week. Uh, We talked about this before we started recording. I am really psyched about this game down in Iowa. Uh, Number four, Penn State, who may be the best team in the East – uh, it's close this year, but they might be traveling to Kinnick Stadium to take on number three, Iowa. We're, we're kind of back along the Iowa cycle of, you know, between eight win teams and 12 win teams. The pendulum has swung all the way back to potentially an Iowa team that could be obviously trying to go undefeated. Probably the best Iowa team we've seen since the one we defeated in Indianapolis in 2015. Probably better than that team, honestly. Uh, another great defense, maybe the best defense in the Big Ten. Currently, the line, it's almost a pick them, honestly. Um, they're giving Penn State a point and a half, probably just because they're on the road here. Uh, Kevin, my game of the week, who you got? Yeah, this is so I was listening to Eyes on Big, the Eyes on Big podcast, uh, which we've brought up many times on here. And Jeffrey the Greek mentioned something that. This is the first in the, in the Big Ten Conference. This is the first top five matchup that does not include Michigan or Ohio State since it was the 1960s. I, I want to say 1962 or 1964. Um, I wanted to go back and listen right before we recorded this, but I didn't have time. Anyways, it's been about 60 years since there's been a top five matchup not involving uh, the two traditional Big Ten powers in, in Michigan and Ohio State. Uh, This is going to be a fun one. This is, I I brought this up on Twitter last week's big, like gambling story was the Alabama Ole Miss over under being 79 and a half. This is the big 10 version of that game where the over under is 40 and a half, which is just hilariously low. Uh, This is going to be an absolute rock fight of rock fights to great defense to, to opportunistic defenses and what it comes down to me is the same thing I said back in week one when Penn State was traveling to Wisconsin. I said, all right, these are two great defenses. These are two quarterbacks that I don't really trust in Sean Clifford and this time Spencer Petras for Iowa. What it comes down to for me is Penn State has one legitimate offensive game breaker in Jahan Dotson and another legitimate playmaker in Parker Washington. I think that it's just going to come down to there's going to be a third and long. There's going to be a a big play. There's going to be something that these Penn state wide receivers do 
that I don't think Iowa has the, the t- that type of firepower on their side of the ball. So two great defenses, two questionable quarterbacks, two solid run games, but two not, not special run games. Uh, give me Penn State to win this game just because I think the receivers make a couple plays that, that Iowa doesn't. And it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be an exciting one, but give me the Nittany Lions here. All right. So you mentioned the over under 40 and a half. So we know it's going to be low scoring. Um, well, Vegas thinks it's going to be low scoring and usually be close. A um, couple things for me here in games like this, especially in the big 10, I always look at who has the better run game so far this year. That's been Iowa. Um, the defenses are close. I think Iowa has a slight edge there. If you had to put your money on one of these quarterbacks, I think Penn State probably has the edge here. But I don't think either quarterback's going to have a whole lot of success in this game, and I think it is going to come down to the run game. I think Iowa is a more polished running team. Um, that said, it's going to be close near the end. Someone's going to have to be able to throw the ball. And I don't trust Sean Clifford, uh, especially against a secondary like this, who has shown in just about every game that they come up with plays. You mentioned the offensive playmakers for Penn State. I think Iowa's defense has playmakers, and I think that makes a huge difference. I think Penn State's defense is good, but I think Iowa's defense is more opportunistic, more able to cause chaos in this matchup. And I think that makes the difference. I think you get a couple turnovers that set up uh, that Iowa offense on a short field. They can punch in a couple scores um, that way. And I think Iowa gets it done at home. That atmosphere is going to be absolutely electric. I don't love this pick. I, I could see either team um, just excited. Hopefully I'll be able to get back to a television uh, to see at least the second half of that one. Um, because I think it's going to be a great matchup down at Kinnick Stadium. You obviously got the uh, the wave to the Children's Hospital, which is always a great tradition, turning into one of the best in the Big Ten. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's the game of the week for me. So whether or not my pick is right, I'm psyched to see how this game uh, unfolds. And it's our first game we're not agreeing on, which is always exciting for the picks and for the podcast. So uh, I, I know all eyes will be on that one. Um, we're going to go down to the night game that we picked up here. We always like to keep our eyes on our rivals here. And uh, Michigan is probably facing, not probably, definitely facing their biggest test so far. And it depends really on what Nebraska, which Nebraska team shows up, right? So sometimes you'll see uh, a Nebraska team that, that came to East Lansing plays pretty well, but just unloads a full clip into their feet and, uh, and you know, trips over themselves, can't get out of their own way and, and just throws a win to the other team. Sometimes you get a Nebraska team that can clean that up a little bit and, and make the plays they need to. And they've started to look a little bit stronger. They've been called the best three loss team in the country, which is always hilarious, but I think it's true in this case, Michigan's got a tall test. Nebraska can shut down run games. Michigan obviously relies on their run game. Is Cade McNamara going to have to win a game with his arm? I hope Nebraska puts him in that position and we'll see how he handles it. But uh, currently the line is Michigan um, minus three, uh, number nine, Michigan unranked Nebraska. This one's at seven 30 on ABC. I'll be watching this one as well. Kevin, it's kind of a stinky line. What do you think? 
Yeah, there's a lot that plays on both sides of this matchup that I kept going back and forth. You mentioned Michigan in a lot of ways just hasn't been tested this year. Uh, Adrian Martinez is the best quarterback that they will have played thus far, and it's it's really not even close. And and we saw Adrian Martinez up close and personal. He's, he's not great. Um, but he can make plays and, and Michigan hasn't played a quarterback to his level so far. I mean, other than him, you've got Noah Vidral at, at Rutgers. You've got Graham Mertz at Wisconsin. I mean, these are not game breaking players. So Michigan's defense, while it's been tremendous, they haven't really faced anybody yet. Uh, and on the other side of the ball, Nebraska has a great defense. And we, we saw that again, up close and personal just two weeks ago, they have the ability to slow down a rushing attack. But then on the other side of that, so does Wisconsin. And and for as much as we can talk about Wisconsin's offense, Wisconsin's defense is legit. And I, I don't think many people would argue against that. So there's a lot of things that, that play on both sides of this matchup comes down to one thing for me. I'm going to pick Michigan because I don't think Nebraska is going to be able to handle the pass rush. I think Michigan's pass rush this year is legit. I think Aiden Hutchinson, I, there's a lot of hyperbole going around with him that I don't necessarily agree with, but at the end of the day, he's probably a first round pick and he is a legit pass rusher. And I don't think Nebraska is ready for that. And in a, in a game where it's a three point line, you're telling me that it, usually uh, for, for the new batters out there, usually home field advantage, especially in college football is, is going to be worth about three points. So you're telling me that this is an even matchup and that Michigan's, or, or this is only a six point matchup between uh, Michigan and Nebraska I think Michigan is more than six points better than Nebraska on a neutral site. And while Nebraska is a pretty tough place to play, I think Michigan covers this, this uh, three point spread. So I, I, I just think Adrian Martinez isn't going to be able to handle the pass rush quite as well. And uh, Michigan's got a, a pretty good rushing attack. You, you might see Cade have to make a couple throws. You might see JJ McCarthy. I, I think they're just starting to to trickle him into the lineup. They're trying to sprinkle him in a little bit. I'm really curious what they're doing there. Give me Michigan to cover the three points. I, I just, it is stinky, but I, I do think that they roll in this one at, at the end of the day by five, six, seven points. Yeah. So this is a, uh, I'm again, I'm really excited to see this matchup because I'm excited to see Michigan get tested by a good defense. I do hope, somebody on Michigan has to uh, has to throw the ball to win and we're going to see, but at the end of the day, I just, this feels like a game where Nebraska is down by somewhere between a field goal and a touchdown near the end of the game. Adrian Martinez rolls out there and has to go through Michigan's defense on a long field to, to tie or win the game. And I just don't really think Nebraska's offense is built for that situation. It will be down in Lincoln, um, but honestly, I don't know if that's even an advantage or just more pressure added to Scott Frost. Um, at the end of the day here, I don't trust Nebraska to get a big game done until I see it. I mean, they've, they've shown for the last four years, four plus years under Scott Frost, that they shrink under pressure. 
Uh, they, they shoot themselves in the foot. They lose their fundamentals when things get close. And uh, in Michigan, I mean, they have a good run game and a good defense. Say what you want about the fact that it looks like it's from the 1960s. It's working and it's stable and it's consistent and it's hard to beat when um, you're not forcing them to throw the ball. And I think Michigan builds up enough of a lead here. Um, it, I don't think it's going to be very high scoring. I think Michigan's going to struggle to to move the ball down the field consistently, but I do think they'll do it enough. I think their defense, their pass rush, maybe forces a couple turnovers here, and I think Michigan gets it done. I hate to say it, maybe a little bit of an emotional hedge here. Obviously, if Nebraska pulls it off, I'll be psyched um, despite my pick here, but I am going to roll with the fighting Jim Harbaugh's down in Lincoln to come back with a win, stay at 6-0, and and – Speaking of trying to get to six and oh, Kevin, um, I don't know if this is the toughest matchup Michigan State's seen this year. It is on the road, it's probably between Rutgers and Nebraska. This one down in Piscataway, have I mentioned I'll be there? Really excited. Um, this is probably the stinkiest line of the week. So, Michigan State minus five and a half. Uh, against a Rutgers team that just got boat raced in their own building by Ohio State. They lost to Michigan the week before. Looked okay against Michigan, held up in the second half, um, but might be without their starting left tackle, might be without their best wide receiver. Um, again, number 11, Michigan State, knocking on the door of the top 10, 5-0. and uh, Rutgers is at 3-2. and two. They beat everyone they should have. They lost to everyone they should have. Kevin, this one's at noon. What do you think? Yeah, for, for all the new betters out there, right? There, there's a lot of states, especially Michigan, where most of our listeners reside, where gambling has recently become legal or sports gambling has recently become openly legal. And that has led to a lot of new new betters. And people who, who look at a, a Michigan state against Rutgers game and they look at that line of five points. Whew, that looks easy. Give me Michigan State. Uh, this one stinks. Like you said, this this is an old can of tuna, man. This is I trying to take the bias out of it. Trying to be objective. You you have a Rutgers team, like you you mentioned there. The probably the best football game that they have played this year was a seven point loss against Michigan, and last week they got blitzed they got hammered by ohio state and they come into this michigan state game at best with their number one wide receiver and left tackle both banged up and at worst with them being out against a michigan state team with a a newfound high-powered offense with at least two sacks in every game this year michigan state has had at least two sacks in every game with Rutgers possibly missing their left tackle, that could be huge. And on top of that, you have a Michigan State team that's in a revenge spot after what happened last year where we turned the ball over seven times and lost the game. We should be favored by at least a touchdown in this game. The fact that we're not makes me incredibly nervous because a lot of times when we think, huh, Vegas might know something that we don't, they usually do. And that, that scares the hell out of me. Um, man, I, I've gone back and forth on this. I feel like anybody taking Michigan State is walking into a bear trap this week and might get out of it alive. You might get out of it okay. 
Uh, but this one just makes me really nervous. I do. I will say I feel pretty good about Michigan state winning this game. Uh, it, it comes down to, again, Michigan state's pass rush has been out of this world this year and something I didn't really see coming. Rutgers offensive line is not very good. Rutgers offense in general is not very good. And I think when it comes down to uh, a pretty close line, you're going to need an offense to make a couple big plays. And, and Michigan state has shown the ability to do that time and time again. And Rutgers just has not. So I feel pretty good about Michigan state winning this game. That said, I don't feel great about covering in Rutgers. It's just a weird place. It's a weird spot. Uh, give me Michigan state to win. Give me Michigan state to win by a score of 27 to 21 barely covering that's a six point win i i I, this scares the hell out of me but uh, yeah give me michigan state to cover i am not betting this i am staying far away from betting that line as long as we walk out of this game with a win i will be a happy michigan state fan and i don't want to put money on the line to where we us walking out with a four point win makes me upset so to give me michigan state to win the game give me michigan state to cover but I am not betting this one. All right. So <clears throat> the battle for the chop, chop gate, uh, I don't know what we're going to call it, but if we want to keep chopping, we got to win this game. Uh, so if, if Spartan stadium is the woodshed, uh, this game, this matchup is, is like the, the lumber yard or something. I don't know. There's, there's gotta be something there that we're missing. We're headed into the forest to chop down some, there we go. I don't know. I don't know. There's, Let's there's get back to football. New Jersey, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Surprisingly, actually, uh, more than more than a lot of folks would think. Um, but not in Piscataway. Uh, a couple things playing into this. It is Rutgers homecoming, um, and I, in researching, going to the game, parking, things to do before the game, etc. I've been actually pleasantly surprised by the amount of. Um, folks both Rutgers folks and and visiting previous visitors who have said that Rutgers tailgating far exceeds Rutgers football um the joke is that you go for the tailgate and you skip the game I think that's changed a little bit now with the excitement around Greg Chiano but I'm really excited here it sounds like they have a great atmosphere um they've got lots all around their campus they've got like a like a they call it the block R party like block party um where they'll do, they have like a beer tent and, and food trucks and all kinds of stuff. They obviously birthplace of college football, however far you want to take that, but really excited for this one. Um, it's, uh, I felt good about this game the whole week, which makes me really nervous about this game, but I got to go with my gut here. Michigan State's played two road games. One against a Nebraska, or not Nebraska, Northwestern team that admittedly has shown to look pretty bad this year. One at 38 to 21. Got hammered um, by Nebraska last week. I was on yeah. I was on Northwestern plus 12 last week. They they lost by a hundred. Um, and then we went down to Miami. We all know what we did down there. It was probably not, it was probably a little closer than the 38 to 17 score that it finished, but nonetheless took care of business. So I think this Michigan state team, they're not intimidated by playing on the road. It is their second big 10 matchup on the road. Um, and, and 
outside that Nebraska win, which looks a little better now. I mean, you mentioned Nebraska just totally drubbed Northwestern. I'm not as, I guess, ashamed of our 23 to 20 overtime win against Nebraska at home. Now this Michigan state team by and large has done what they needed to in these games um, and, and looked good doing it. I think this passing attack has another big game. I think Kenneth Walker breaks a few tackles. And honestly, I think I like Michigan state by double digits in this game. I think we're going to be able to score. Um, I think we get off to a, to an early start, um, an early strong start, I should say. And, uh, and I think Rutgers offense struggles. They're going to be able to move the ball a little bit with that passing game, but I don't think Noah Vidral is, is a consistent enough quarterback to really burn us through the air to the point that, we struggle in this one. And I hate saying this. I hate going down to a game with this much confidence because I'm totally setting myself up for an upsetting early afternoon, but I like Michigan state. Give me 31, 17 MSU. Ooh, 31, 17. Yeah. So, and I believe that would put Matt Coughlin, if he got one field goal as the all time field goal kicker, I think he tied it last week. If I remember correctly, that would Swenson. put him. Yeah, at 72 field goals in his career. He should be inching up to the total scoring mark as well. I don't think he's quite there yet. Should hit it later this season, but that would put him at the all-time most field goals made by an MSU kicker. So, yeah, MSU 31-17 takes care of business in Piscataway. I go home a happy man and, uh, and get to watch the rest of the football slate in peace. So there you have it. We've got... And, and real quick, because I have it up here, the, it, again, for any East Coast Spartans out there, I'm seeing upper row, th- upper deck, third row tickets for 10 bucks right now. So if you want to make the, the, the cruise over to Piscataway, you and a partner can get in for 20 bucks total. Uh, lower bowl for 20 bucks. There, there's plenty of tickets still available. We want, we want to see some green out there in Piscataway. I'll be down there. Parking in the purple lot, not sure what shenanigans we're going to get into. We'll find something. Um, but if you're down there, hit me up on Twitter. Uh, maybe we can meet up, have a drink in the in the block R party if they let us in in our green and white uh, before the game. We'll see. They also serve beer at uh, SHI Stadium, used to be Rutgers Stadium, which obviously is always exciting coming from Spartan fans who have been deprived of our, our natural rights for so long. Uh, so it should be a great time. Um, again, we both feel pretty good about getting out with a win. I feel a little bit better about uh, the final score here. But uh, in any event, should our predictions prove correct, MSU will be coming back to Spartan Stadium. Uh, at, well, not Spartan Stadium, but coming back to East Lansing. 6-0. and oh. All again, eligible, they're at, baby. They're at 11 in, the, in both polls right now. I'm not going to even say where we might go if we win this game because it feels like we're just piling too much on here. I'm just we'll going to leave it stick with bowl eligible. <laughs> yep, which was always the goal. To hit it after your first six games would obviously be just about the best you could ask for. A dream come true for Mel Tucker's second season. So we got one game separating us this week. Either we're going to be tied in the standings or you're going to have two points on me. We will see. Uh, We'll revisit it next Friday. Maybe we'll be laughing at ourselves with another terrible week. Maybe we'll be patting ourselves on the back with another great week. Kevin, you got anything else? 
Nope. Uh, apologies again. I I know that the internet cut a couple times. There was a little scratchy audio a couple times in there. It's it's been a rough day for me, but um, we we are moving on here. We are hoping that everybody enjoyed the show. We are hoping that you are subscribed to the podcast. If you're not, make sure you do. Uh, please tell your friends and family. We really appreciate uh, spreading the good word. It's it's really helping us out. As you can see, we've we've really progressed this thing. Thank you to the Pigskin Podcast Network, to DraftKings, for all of you for listening. It's been awesome. Uh, follow on Twitter. The links are in the show notes. Just click on the episode and, and you can follow both of us on Twitter. And uh, head to the website, standingroomspartans.com. Other than that, uh, I think that's about it. So hopefully everybody has a great Friday, has a great Saturday. We have the noon game, which I like. We get it out of the way early and a great slate of college football. 3.30 Penn State, Iowa is going to be phenomenal with the Big Ten taking the center stage in the national spotlight. So hope everybody has a great weekend. Hope Michigan State pulls through for us and gets to that bull eligible number through six games. Go green. Go white. Take care, folks.